Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode contains spoilers from Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison. Hello, how's it going? great how's it going for you it's good it's good (laughs) I'm ready for fall but it's not here yet (laughs) we were just talking about that yeah it's coming it's as soon as it and as soon as it comes you'll be like it's cold (laughs) yeah I'm too cold (laughs) yeah awesome well do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself introduce yourself say hello etc (laughs) etc sure Uh, my name is Rachel Harrison I write horror and speculative fiction my first book was The Return my second book was Cackle and I have a collection of short stories out called Bad Dolls. And most recently, uh, my novel, Such Sharp Teeth, came out on October 4th. And it's a werewolf book. Oh, love that. Cool. So we ask all of our guests a series of questions before we get started. So I'll start with the first one. What is your favorite standalone? That's such a hard question. I would say most recently, my favorite book that I've read is uh, The Paul Bears Club by Paul Tremblay. So that would be my most recent favorite standalone. That's fair. Totally fair. I haven't read that one, but it sounds good. Um, what is your favorite series then? Series? I am going to go Clown in a Cornfield by Adam Caesar. The second book in that series just came out and it was so awesome. And uh, I was just, sequels are hard. Yeah. And he, he just nailed it. And they're so fun. And I wouldn't like consider myself a big slasher fan. Yeah. But like I love those books and so I think there's going to be a third one I'm I'm hoping there's going to be a third one I'm pretty confident that there's going to be another one and I'm looking forward to it fingers crossed for a third yes. one <laughs> I haven't read those but I've seen the cover and they look very convincing I'm not a big slasher fan either but they look I, really good <laughs> I would say like even if you're not a big slasher fan they are like a good mix it's okay. not just like all blood and gore. Yeah. They're really clever and uh, very well written. So, okay. and the covers are f- stunning. Yeah. I was very like, <laughs> scary and stunning. <laughs> yeah. I saw them at Barnes and Noble and I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> that's intense. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Have you ever read Stephanie Perkins? She does some like horror slasher, but it's not quite so. I know her covers, but I've never read her. Okay. It gives me that same vibe. The covers yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Her covers are great. Yeah. So who is your ultimate book boyfriend? If you could like go on a date with anyone, take them home, marry them, up to you. <laughs> um, hmm, that's a tough one. I feel like this is such a cop out, but because he came out of my own brain, I'm going to go with Ian from Such Sharp Teeth, which is my book, which is kind of a cheat, but like I created yeah, yeah. You <laughs> so, like we all have a little Ruby Sparks here. But yeah. like, yeah. Uh born out of my brain. So probably him. I like that because I, I he's definitely one of my favorite characters. I think generally I love like friends to lovers. So when I read this, I was like, yes, this is it. Chill. Yeah. Like and I know what I'm getting because I like I created. Right. <laughs> and he's like fun and he's understanding and you're like Yeah. He's done a really good job of aging from like yeah. childhood nostalgia. So yeah, that's a good choice. I like that. <laughs> Who is your ultimate book girlfriend? So like favorite female character, someone you wish you could be, 
any of those. So there's a trio of protagonists in Emily M. Danforth's Plain Bad Heroines, and they're all my girlfriends. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't pick them. I would date them all. That's totally fair. Totally fair. <laughs> I like that. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started as an author, what this journey's kind of been like for you? Um, so it's been a journey. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, so I, I went to school for screenwriting okay. and I thought I was going to do that. But after I graduated, it was 2010, 2011, and I struggled to find a job. I really needed to be in LA, but like I was born and raised in Jersey and being that far away from home so young was really tough for me. I couldn't crack it. So I was in New York City and I started working as a production assistant on like TV game shows, like the Newlywood game. So yeah, pretty far from where I wanted to be. And uh, from there, I worked at like a broadcast lighting company. And then I got a job working in publishing contracts, first at McGraw-Hill and then at Penguin Random House. And I really loved doing that. But... I needed more money <laughs> to pay my bills. So I started working um, as an administrative assistant at a big bank. So I sold out a little bit. But while I was there, it was such a not creative environment that it sort of helped me outside of work be more creative. And that's really when I started, like found my stride writing and I was writing um, like speculative short fiction stories. And that's where I drafted The Return. And I actually found my agent through a Twitter pitch contest called Pit Dark. Um, and yeah, and then uh, found my agent and was able to um, sell my book. And now here we are. So a little from the Newlywood <laughs> game to here has been quite a leap. But yeah, that's such a fun journey, though, because I feel like I think it makes you a better author and writer and like you can connect with more people when you've experienced things that a lot of other people haven't, you know, you didn't just know that was something you always wanted to do. And you, you know, you kind of got that chance to go out and experience the world. And I think I know what you mean by selling out. I definitely have sold out to corporate jobs before and been like, what am I doing with my life here? I need to do something else, <laughs> but that's so fun that you got to kind of in a roundabout way, come back to Penguin and, and like publish through them and everything like that. Yeah. It's really cool. That's awesome. That's so fun. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about Such Sharp Teeth. What's the like quick elevator pitch? No spoilers. What's it about? Sure. So uh, Such Sharp Teeth is about Rory Morris, who um, is very independent and she's living the fast life in New York City. And she returns to her small hometown because her twin sister, Scarlett, asks her to. Scarlett is pregnant and estranged from her longtime partner. So she needs emotional support. And so Rory comes running. She wouldn't make the sacrifice for anyone else but Scarlett. And so Rory's home for about a week and she takes herself out for a drink and she runs into Ian, who is her, her longtime friend slash maybe love interest. She's kind of always like Rory's not a relationship girl, but um, she feels a little bit of a spark and she's kind of mulling that over on her drive home when she hits an animal with her car and when she gets out to investigate she is attacked and from there she starts to experience physical changes that force her to confront some of her emotional issues um and it's kind of like part rom-com part body horror and it's a straight up werewolf book I loved it. I was like, I'm so ready for spooky season. As soon as we saw that, I was like, I definitely need this one because this is like the perfect 
gothic like October read and it came out at a very perfect time I love that where did you get the idea for such sharp teeth and like creating this werewolf book and the, you know the difference between that and you know cackle for instance so I was in the shower lamenting how hard it is to maintain a body and to exist inside a body and you know particularly my own body issues and um that's when I was like how come there's not more contemporary lady werewolf fiction there's so many parallels and so that was kind of the key I was just being like lazy and despondent about existing (laughs) and I, I thought it would be fun to explore lycanthropy and femininity yeah and I think one of my favorite parts about the book is you know Scarlet is pregnant and she's kind of going through all these changes in her body that I think a lot of the times we romanticize as, you know, like a society of everyone being like, oh, you're, you know, you're growing a child inside you. You should be so excited. And she's like, but I'm tired and my emotions are all over the place and all those sorts of things. And I really loved how Rory and Scarlett kind of went through that together in a very different way. Did you feel that that was kind of difficult to write those two perspectives where, you know, Rory was going through something that maybe was out of her control and Scarlett was going through something that was also out of her control, but she chose that where Rory kind of didn't make that decision? I think only because I haven't been pregnant before and like I haven't given birth and so making sure I did my due diligence so I could depict that in a way that felt honest and real I think the emotions of like feeling out of control in your body I think all of us have experienced that so kind of grounding it more into the like vague universal versus like the very specific because I don't know the very specific I can only read about them that was the challenge there but I think I mean, we all experience things in our body that we can't articulate to other people because we experience it in a very specific way that's unique to us, which is scary and isolating and sucky. And so I, and, you know, Rory and Scarlett are identical twins. So they basically are as close to being in the same body as somebody like two people can be. And still there's that like, I'm experiencing this thing that's difficult and hard. And like for Scarlett, yes, it was more of a choice, but it's still like, you don't really know what you sign up for until it's you're in it. Like you're on the roller coaster and you can't get off until the ride is done. Um, And so I think that's tough too. And I, you know, I have talked to a lot of people and it's like, you don't really know what you're signing up for. Like there's a lot that uh, people are surprised about when they get pregnant and so that's interesting too so I think they're so even though one of them is experiencing something supernatural and the other one is not there are a lot of parallels where they might be able to relate to each other but something else that's kind of tough about two people you know any two people who are experiencing like a major change you can only relate so much and there's like comes to be a a point where it's like no you don't get it and (laughs) no 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 you don't get it yeah and there's a lot of tension there and um that's just part about like being human that's just something that's tough and I don't think we really talk about a lot where it's like we can only we can never know what it's like to be somebody else else. yeah so it's isolating and tough but it was interesting to explore and there's a lot of tension there, which as a writer, you're just like, where's the tension? Where's the drama? That's where I want to go. 
Yeah. And I think you did a really great job of kind of showing off those that sisterly love in the same time where it's like, we kind of have this very prickly character and this character who wants to see all the optimism and the good in everyone else. And it's like, I think that contrast was really well done. And I think that was beautifully written as someone who has a sister who is very similar <laughs> to Scarlett and me, who is very much so Rory. <laughs> I really liked those. And it felt very relatable, even though, you know, you're not necessarily, I'm, I mean, I'm not a wearable currently, Yeah, <laughs> but kind of going not through all moment. that. Yeah. Not at the yeah. moment. <laughs> One can only hope. No, I'm just kidding. So it's like, yeah, I thought it, it was very relatable in the fact that, you know, even though she is kind of going through this, this metamorphosis in a supernatural way, it's like, we can all relate to that feeling of no, you don't get it. And no one ever is going to get it. So this book cuts pretty deep as far as childhood trauma and all those sorts of things. Was that difficult to write about? And where did you kind of get the inspiration for these struggles and trauma that both the characters experienced? So it was difficult to write about. And I feel like, you know, I never, I don't think things through enough before drafting. And then I finished and I'm like, I put a lot on the page there. And yeah, I think it's tough because I'm a lot like Rory where it's like, I don't like to be vulnerable and I don't like to talk about things. And so, yeah, it was tough. I think if I thought about it more, I wouldn't have done it. (laughs) And then I did it and was like, well, it really works in the book. So I'm not going to take it out. And, you know, it's hard because I, I I feel like a hypocrite because I I think it's important to talk about things, but I also am like, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Like I'm not ready. And I think it's safe for everybody to, to set those boundaries and be like, okay, like I'm not writing nonfiction. I'm writing fiction. And there's a reason why I do that. And there's like a buffer and a layer of protection, but yeah, I, I would love to find the balance of like me being like, we should talk about stuff and being, and then being brave enough to be like, I will talk about it too. (laughs) But right now it's like, I can explore things through my fiction, but in terms of like articulating them for myself, still a struggle. Yeah. And I think that's what makes writing such a great outlet is like, this isn't really me, but it might be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you get to see how that would play out if it was in a perfect world or in a setting that like you could 100% control. So I really like that. And like I, like I said, this was a very relatable book. I felt so many times where I was like, I might be Rory. <laughs> <laughs> I might do the things that I probably shouldn't do, <laughs> but I'm definitely doing them. So I, I loved your references to the moon and, you know, her kind of call to it as a as a werewolf and like all the things about silver and how, you know, it, it affected her, but she still wanted to kind of see what it would do to her body. Where did you kind of get the inspiration for that change in the lore where it did help her, you know, not turn into a werewolf and all that kind of stuff? So I think narratively, like there had to be a solution. And I I think it's interesting about how we all kind of have this intuition about what is good for us. And a lot of, I feel like we've all been at the doctor and they've told us something and you're like, you're not listening to me or you're wrong. or You're not hearing me or like, and so I think the whole silver thing was kind of me playing with that feeling of somebody like a doctor or somebody being like, no, you shouldn't do this. But you being like, I feel like I know my body and I feel like I know what I'm experiencing and like I kind of know what's best for me, but like you're the professional. And so that kind of tension or not really being believed when you're raising something, I kind of wanted to play with that with the silver and the the lore of the lore of it all and having her intuition be 
correct. I think that's satisfying for all of us and, you know, uh, liberating for all of us when we know that, like, when we find out that we were right all along. So in part, I needed a narrative solution. (laughs) And in part, I wanted to dig into that. Like when she's at the uh, occult store and the guy's kind of like, werewolves aren't real. And that kind of feeling of being like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on and I'm trying to help myself and people around me are not helping. And it's so hard to like, I've, you know, I think it's really frustrating to reach out to a doctor or anybody for help and then come up with like, and then have to deal with like insurance or have the doctor like not be helpful. Right. And that moment of desperation where you're like, I, it's hard enough to ask for help and then to not get it. And then I wanted to kind of circle back and be like, well, she did help herself and she was right. (laughs) And it was her intuition to have like a happy ending to that kind of um, real life bullshit. Yeah. And I think that like, it made a lot of sense too. There was never a point where it was, you know, you ever felt like it was really outlandish. And I agree. Like, I love the idea of it being her, you know, having to figure out how she could do this. Like she's, she says, I can't move back to New York and live in an apartment, but I might be able to like maintain and manage this. And I really liked that conclusion and it didn't feel too like happily ever after it was, it was very much that she like went through and put the work in and kind of created that narrative for herself. So I was, I was just interested where that came from because I was like, I like this idea. This episode is sponsored by Audible from Amazon. We all know I'm obsessed with audiobooks. Audible from Amazon is the perfect way to get all of my favorites in one place. Anytime I feel like I need a good cry, I listen to the Audible exclusive version of A House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Mass. When the latest training book comes out and I don't have time to physically read it, I head to Audible. For one low monthly price, you get a select book or two of your choosing to keep forever, and you gain access to exclusive Audible members-only content. So if you've ever thought about trying audiobooks, want to be able to listen to your favorites whenever you want, or you're just obsessed with audiobooks like me, then you need to check out Audible by Amazon. Click the link in the show notes for a free trial or head over to www.audibletrial.com backslash the bookish banter podcast. So there's a bit of a twist at the end with Scarlett and her life partner that she had chosen and the father of her baby. And I had thought, oh, he cheated and that's why he left. But it's a little bit of a different storyline than that. Um, Where did you kind of get that inspiration from or what made you decide to write that plot twist instead of one that felt like a little more, I guess typical or (laughs) easy to guess I think it made sense for that character and made sense for like her struggle and I think it just made like I wanted to explore that idea in terms of like being a woman and like again like she feels like the loss of control and how do we take control back when we lose it and like also a like it was also a likability challenge because I feel like on paper there'd be torches and pitchforks by that idea. I mean, it is on paper, but you know what I mean. Like she would be completely skewered for that choice, yeah. but I wanted to depict it and depict it in a way that made sense and do it with empathy because I'm I have a lot of empathy for Scarlet and I think women are allowed to make mistakes too, and I always like to write my characters as full human beings Mm -hmm. and you know it's easy to assume that maddie would be in the wrong but it's just as like just as likely that scarlet would mess (laughs) up too and that's okay like we can still love her and understand her 
even if she did something bad. And I just, I always want to see my characters making mistakes because we all make mistakes and I want to have empathy for them. And I can hope the reader has empathy for them and then take that empathy into their, their lives. Yeah, absolutely. I loved that. I was like, this feels so different and really, I think progressed the story along and and made, yeah, made me want to love Scarlett because Mm -hmm. I, I don't love children. So her being pregnant, I have like very little empathy for her, (laughs) but that part, I was like, okay, that definitely makes sense. So what was the difference between writing Such Sharp Teeth and Cackle? I know it came out end of the pandemic, but you were writing and and doing all the editing and stuff like during, how was that experience kind of different for you? So I think um, Cackle and Such Sharp Teeth were more similar than like the return was just my debut. I wrote before the pandemic and then it came out the first week of the pandemic. Um, So with both Cackle and Such Sharp Teeth, they're much like there's a lot of levity in both books whereas the return is darker because i wrote it i mean i say this all the time think things were were bad then but like during the pandemic they were very bad yeah and no i was isolated i was alone not alone alone but like i moved somewhere new i wasn't around my friends i i didn't have my job anymore so i wasn't like talking to my coworkers every day so in cackle and such sharp teeth there's a lot more levity because it was more of a fun escape that I needed (laughs) and I wanted to have that balance versus the return which is a bit like straight up horror dark like there's less (laughs) like levity less laughable moments um but I think that's probably what changed in terms of like process where I was like I really want an escape from this world into some somewhere I want to be or I would like to like I'm happy to spend a long time in this place the return was fun to write but like had I not had other distractions it might have been hard to sit in that like really intense scary environment for a long time so I still consider such sharp teeth and cackle horror but there's a little bit more of a balance Mm -hmm. in terms of like tone of what you're gonna get for like because I needed I needed the balance. <laughs> do you think going forward, you're going to do more like the return or kind of stay in the same realm as cackle and such our teeth? Probably a mix. Okay. I do think I want to kind of return. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not intended, but I'll go with it um, to try and plant both feet in the genre. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like it's tricky in terms of like reaching to reaching audiences when your books doesn't really quite fit neatly in a space. Yeah. Um, it would be nice. I'd like to save myself the headache of being like, well, it's horror, but it's also got, you know, and just be like, it's horror. Yeah. It's horror, but there's like a nice yeah. rom-com at the end. And yeah. like, <laughs> they all live happily ever after. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I really love that. So what was it like for you to kind of write and create and do all these things during the pandemic and, you know, the cover design and all those sorts of things? What was that really like for you? It was nice to have the time. Mm-hmm. because um I no longer had a job <laughs> so this was like my only thing that I had which was nice because like if you get on like a writing streak it's not like before when I had to be like all right well it's 7 a.m you have to leave to catch the subway mm-hmm. it was like okay you're on like you're off to the races like you can sit here <laughs> all day all day on this couch um 
So that was really great to have that room to kind of just be creative and just sit in the creativity and just um, not have to be like, all right, well, I'm really in the scene, but like now I have to go schedule meetings, like yeah, work and things like that. So that was really nice. And in terms of like working, like the more publishing business aspect of it, it was very consistent, I would say. I think there was a little bit of a curve at the beginning where people had to figure out how to like Zoom and be remote. But, you know, it's a testament to everybody in publishing that they really just, I mean, we all kind of just soldiered on and got it together and it stayed pretty consistent in terms of like being an author I've only ever been an author in the pandemic so that like I don't know what it's like (laughs) to be yeah like I did have two events recently that were like in person I was meeting other authors and I was like oh this is new but I did ne- never got the sense that I like so much changed for me in that time that like I didn't know any different. So I don't really know what it's like to be what it was like to kind of exist as an author before the pandemic. I've yeah. just been a pandemic baby. I like that, though. <laughs> That's really fun. So I am obsessed with your cover. How much did you have involvement in creating your cover? I love the cover for Cackle as well, but like Sweat Sharp Teeth, I feel like is so good and it really grips you. Um, Did you have like a say in that or was it just like a vague idea and then they went for it? So this is actually the second cover. It had the original cover. I kind of, my editor and I kind of came up with the concept for, and it was like, like gray fur and like a moon necklace um, and then big letters but um, because of the paperback for Cackle, the publisher wanted a cover that for Such Sharp Teeth that was more similar to the Cackle paperback, like mm-hmm. the illustration. And I love illustrated covers, but there there definitely was like, all right, well, what do we do now? And what's the <laughs> new idea? And so it was definitely a collaboration back and forth between um the very talented designers at Berkeley and me who like doesn't know anything being like, well, what about this? I'm very grateful because they always take my feedback and ideas, even though like I don't really know what I'm talking about. So it was kind of a back and forth. And like, I was like, it ended up being like, well, I want that blood dripping moon and that werewolf and that font with it. Like, so yeah, um, it was a little bit back and forth, but I, I was reluctant when they were like, we're going to change the cover. I was like, what do you mean? Cause you get so attached. Um, yeah. It's hard to envision different covers, but they were right. Of course, <laughs> like always. And this cover is way better. And I, I also love it. And um, yeah, I think it's perfect. And I think it suits the book better. And yeah. I'm very glad it was all worth it. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm always curious about the cover making process because I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, do whatever you want. And then other people are like, no, I'm invested. So <laughs> yeah, usually they like my editor will come to me and I'll like send over like what's essentially like a mood board. I'll like yeah. send over like other covers I like and images and I'll be like, I want, I'm thinking these colors and this vibe. And then they come back and I'm like, you are all geniuses. <laughs> That's I kind wish. of how it goes. Yeah. I wish I was as creative as you. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome so do you have a piece of advice for any authors aspiring authors or someone looking to get into publishing so I I always say like 
if you're writing, you're not aspiring, like you are a writer. And I think it's just a perseverance game and you really have to love it. If you're like doing it because you're like, I want to have a book on the shelves, like that feeling is not going to be as satisfying as you think it is. <laughs> like there's <laughs> always something else, you know, like there are great moments and beautiful moments and a lot of exciting stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still going to be you and your laptop. So you really have to love it. And if you really love it, it's persistence. You know, it's the, it's a long, long road. So love and love and endurance. Um, but I think thinking of yourself as a writer you're not aspiring if you're doing it yeah if you're only thinking about it then maybe aspiring but if you're like waking up every morning or if you like schedule time every day or every week every month if you're doing it then like you're a writer you're doing it I like that that's awesome so how has the book release been do you have any events coming up in the book tour any kind of things like that for such sharp teeth um, so I just got back from Comic-Con, which was in New York, fun, but super exhausting. Yeah. And Comic-Con and I like slept in till like noon yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Reasonable. Um, yeah. And so on Saturday, I'm going to my local Barnes and Noble here in Western New York. It's in Pittsburgh, New York. Um, and across the parking lot is a cheesecake factory. So nice. I'll go in there after. Definitely. Um, <laughs> and then on Monday, I'm going back into New York City. I have an event that night. Isabel Canas, who wrote The Hacienda, Mm -hmm. which is a brilliant book. And I'm doing an event with her on Monday night in New York City. Then I'm coming back. And then I'm also probably going to sleep till noon. And then (laughs) on um, the first weekend in November, I'm going to a Barnes & Noble in Richmond, Virginia, Barnes and Noble Libby place. And they're doing like a Halloween hangover event um, with a bunch of horror writers. So that'll be super fun. And I'm glad because I feel like after Halloween, I'm always like sad that it's over. So it's (laughs) nice that there's going to be another event that first weekend in November. So that's what I got going on. That's awesome. How has the tour been and like being out, seeing people and all that kind of stuff? It's, it's crazy how big of a difference it is meeting people in person and I say this as a big time introvert. Um, <laughs> I, again, like, because I've only been a pan- pandemic author, I didn't really know what I was missing. But I do think there is value in meeting people face to face. And it's been really exciting to to meet people and, yeah, just to connect on, on like a face to face level is, is different. And I'm, I'm happy that things are slowly opening back up and you know finding ways to safely all see each other again yeah that's awesome what was your favorite part about such sharp teeth and writing it gosh I had so much fun writing this book (laughs) there was like a it was fall of 2020 I like came up with the idea and it was just easy Mm -hmm. like not all books are easy but I, and Rory's just so fun and I don't know where she came from, but like, it was so fun to like hang out with Rory. And so I think that's probably, and I hadn't, I never like written romance before, mm-hmm. but that was sweet too. I, I mean, I love all the characters in this book. The characters in this book were really fun to create and hang out with and to be in this world. 
that was, you know, had some intensity, but also like levity. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was really fun. Such a fun (laughs) book to write. It was just fun and easy, which never happens. It was like a lightning strike. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those ones where I felt like I could put myself in this world and I could come back to it over and over again. And it, would still be fun to be a part of and felt very realistic in the way that it's like, oh yeah, maybe there are werewolves just like running amok <laughs> and we don't know about. <laughs> awesome. So what's next for you on the docket? What do you have any books coming out or you know, what's kind of new? So I'm just about to go into edits on book four, which will be out next yeah. October, hopefully. Knock on wood. <laughs> and that one is a bit, as of now, I mean, it could change, but as of now it's a bit scarier and um, more of a like family drama like it's kind of I've been describing it as like hereditary meets malignant or it's like the like arty family drama like art house horror versus like the like campiness yeah craziness of (laughs) malignant I kind of wanted to marry those two like opposites somewhere in the middle um and just like really like a celebration of the genre awesome that sounds really good I'm excited for that (laughs) So you're just working on that and then a couple of things left for the book tour and just hanging out. Any other events or anything you're going to? After Libby Place, probably not, which will be good because I like I'm not a good I found that I'm not really a great traveler. I haven't done it in so long because of the pandemic. And I was like walking, I like went into a Dwayne Reed in the city and was buying Pedialyte and I knew that the like the guy thought I was like hungover or planning on being hungover. And I was like, no, I just like need to hydrate. <laughs> like, <I'm> not <laughs> like I, I can't hang anymore. I'm like, I can't hang. So like the two more trips yeah, will be plenty, plenty. <laughs> for me. And then I'll probably hibernate all winter. Nice. Um, yeah. That'll be really fun. Then next fall, I'll come back out of my like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> groundhog hole. <laughs> I'm back. Surprise. Yeah, I only emerge in the fall. Yeah. I'm, I'm a should, Halloween. I'm a yeah. Halloween decoration. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So how has this been for you with social media and, you know, the rise of like book talk and bookstagram and all those sorts of things? Has that been kind of a different experience or are you just excited to be able to communicate and like chat with readers? So I haven't gone on TikTok. It's like, I'm I just turned 33 and I don't get how, like, I feel like 33 going on like a thousand. I'm like, I don't yeah. know how this works. I don't quite get it. Uh, I don't, I like created a handle and then I was like, I don't know where anything is. I don't know what to do. If I could figure out a way to be on TikTok in a way that was like authentic, yeah, then I would do it. But I don't want to like force it just to, to be on it. And then in terms of like other social media, I, I like to connect with people, but it is like, it is scary. Like I'm very sensitive person. So like every time I get tagged in a review, like part of me is like, Ugh! like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my heart it's, it's hard. Like I, I, I've said before, like, I really want to connect with people, but I'm like terrified yeah. of it at the same time. So like, I love new friends and, and all that, but I'm also like scared of people. So it's, it's been an interesting balance. And I think like it is a useful tool to like be on it and be like, here's my book. Here's my book. This is what I'm about. And I think 
in terms of like marketing and publicity, it's important. Um, but like, I didn't have Instagram before the return came out. I'm like yeah. reluctant to be on social media, but I do it. I do it for the, <laughs> I do it for the books. Gotta do it for the gram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome I love that yeah I feel like I also feel similarly about TikTok I'm always just like I don't know why I'm here or what I'm doing so I'll just be on Instagram <laughs> Every and everybody I know is like I've just spent like four hours on TikTok I was like okay I don't want to know because it, it's gonna if I figured yeah. it out I'd be on like TikToks about like interior design TikToks for like six hours right and like right. I, I I shouldn't so <laughs> part of it's like I don't know how to use it and like it sells books like crazy. Yeah. So maybe I should, but part of me is like, you'd sell books, but then you'd never write one again. Yeah. You'd be like, Look at this food TikTok. Yeah. Oh my gosh, a Trader Joe's haul. I need yeah. to watch. <laughs> yeah. I and yeah. I would be all over that. Like I know yeah. myself, and that's a slippery slope. Yeah, it's definitely is. I four out of ten would recommend. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one of them. That's awesome. Well, that's kind of all the questions I have. I appreciate you taking the time. It was really fun chatting with you. (laughs) Yeah, it was so fun to talk. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. If you guys want to, there's still time to join the book club, but we are reading The Kiss Curse by Erin Sterling with the link in our bio. Head over to Discord and join there. Uh, We'll be discussing that one on October 30th, so the day before Halloween. If you guys want to come, it'll if you haven't read the book either, you guys can come. We're going to do kind of like a dress up Halloween happy hour on that Sunday as well. If you guys have not checked it out, definitely check out our Patreon. Our episode this month was super fun. It came out last Wednesday and it was a bookish events we wish you could attend. So that was a ton of fun. If you guys have any questions or anything like that, definitely let me know. Make sure to check out our limited edition merch. Just as a reminder, there are discounts for our Patreon members on all of our merch and there's voting power for our next line. So keep an eye out for that and join the Patreon if you guys would like a fun little discount and would like to be involved in any of the designing for our next launch. If you guys have any suggestions for episodes or books you want us to cover, let me know. Uh, The next few weeks are going to be a couple more author interviews and then we are covering Belladonna at the end of the month for our October 31st Halloween spooky read. And I have a super fun guest coming on there as well. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review and have the best week. Bye. Bye.